Super Talk Mississippi media production. What is Moondog? Moondog Makers and Bakers is not just a catering company. It's blended tradition with innovation and something familiar just done differently. To get a taste of what they're truly all about, you can order some awesome merch, crafted spice blends, or request catering for your very own event. MoondogMakersandBakers.com. Welcome in, everybody. More realignment news because we don't have enough of it already. We cannot get enough of realignment news, conference realignment news, whatever you want to call it. It's not enough. We can't get enough of it. So that's what we're talking about today. There was a uh, report of sorts that came out yesterday about Clemson and Florida State reaching out, inquiring, whatever you want to call it, about joining the SEC. So that's what we're talking about today. Right here on the live stream, I'm Michael Morky. Uh, glad that you're with me. Glad that you are with me on this, is it Tuesday? Tuesday morning. That's right, it's Tuesday morning. Two days away from the start of football season, sort of, anyway. Preseason, it's live tackle football. So two days away from that, and uh, glad that you guys are with me. Before we get started, I do want to remind you, if you're a first-time watcher, uh, to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Michael Borky is all you need to search on YouTube and subscribe to the YouTube channel. And while you're here, if you like what you hear, uh, first of all, like the video. I'd appreciate that. And also, don't forget to subscribe and ring uh, the notification bell so you know uh, when I'm live or when a new video is posted. Also on Twitter, same name, Facebook, same name. And wherever you get your podcast, Mike in the Morning is uh, what you need to search in the podcasts app. Wherever you get them, you can find it here and subscribe there so you don't miss one. Even if you don't catch it live, you can still do it there. So YouTube. Twitter, Facebook, podcast, everywhere. And uh, subscribe while you are here. So thank you for tuning in this morning. And here's what we're talking about. Mark Ryan, name that you might not be familiar with. He does uh, radio actually in my hometown. And I know him uh, personally. Uh, Mark Ryan puts on Twitter yesterday, he says, per a reliable source, Clemson and Florida State have reached out to the SEC about joining the conference. He continued to say the SEC is concerned that streaming numbers for Clemson and Florida State don't bring what Texas and Oklahoma do. He said Notre Dame is the only, quote, free agent, end quote, that left that would add to the pot. I disagree with that. There are others that would add. They're just not geographically in this footprint. I think Ohio State absolutely would add. Southern Cal would add. There are programs that the SEC could add that would absolutely increase our footprint and everything else. Uh, So I disagree with that. But uh, he continued to say, Twitter remains undefeated at shooting the messenger. A conversation I had with an inside source is what I've shared. I don't, quote, report anything. Nowhere have I said Clemson is lying. Colleagues at two national three-letter networks have reached out saying they have the same info. So that created a firestorm, a firestorm yesterday. I mean, it got everywhere. It exploded. Clemson, Florida State, wanting to join the SEC, all that stuff. I mean, it went everywhere. It just exploded because this kind of news in this time of year, I mean, it, it just, the engagement numbers for uh, for Mark Ryan, I'm sure, were through the roof yesterday because this kind of thing is really attractive, really attractive to uh, everybody, me, in the content business. All right, I love this stuff. Uh, It went wild. And uh, I think this is, it's very much different, though, than uh, the Texas-Oklahoma thing. When that report came out, first of all, SEC Media Days was going on, but it, it was very clear that that was more than an inquiry, that that was happening, right? You guys remember after that story came out, there was no denials. There was no, this isn't happening. It was a whole lot of no comments. You knew, uh, also based on who reported it, because he's done this kind of thing in expansion before, and you knew that it was it was real, it was happening. And because Greg Sankey, Ross Bjork were, were in the same place with all the reporters, they got to go straight to straight to action, and you knew it was real. Uh, This doesn't have that same feeling. Now, there's two ways to look at it, if you want to look at it, and I'm going to look at them both. 
uh, th- this is not the same as Texas and Oklahoma. That was happening. This at least does not appear to be happening. But that doesn't necessarily mean they didn't inquire. Uh, Clemson outright denied it, said that, you know, that that's not true. This isn't happening. I have not seen comment from Florida State. Uh, Clemson outright denied it. But of, of course they they did. I mean, even if they did inquire and they didn't find, you know, that it was a right fit or they'd be welcome or whatever the case may be, if this didn't happen, uh, they, they were going to deny it either way. You know, I believe it, honestly. I believe I, I believe that Clemson and Florida State have explored their options. I believe that. And was it the president or somebody, an associate, a representative of Florida State said recently, basically, we're always looking. It's evolving, so we got to evolve too. I mean, that's not shocking. I, I would be more surprised, honestly, if Clemson and Florida State didn't at least kind of, you know, look into this and say, hey, you know, Texas and Oklahoma are joining the SEC. You know, maybe we should see what that's like. Just kick the tires, explore the options, see if this is something that we should also participate in, right? That doesn't sound so crazy. If I was in a leadership position at Clemson and Florida State, I'll tell you in a second, I don't think they should go anywhere. But I would do my due diligence. If I was the athletic director at Clemson or Florida State, I wouldn't want to leave. And again, I'll tell you, I'll explain why here in a second. I wouldn't want to go anywhere. I wouldn't. But I would at least inquire. I would talk about it. I would pick up the phone and call Greg Sankey and just, hey, you know, you interested? We're, you know, kicking the tires, that kind of thing. Have those behind-the-scenes conversations that nobody knows about and and see what's up. I think you wouldn't be doing your job at Clemson and Florida State if you didn't at least ask a couple questions. You wouldn't. I mean, a lot of you out there are are probably very happy with where you work, but I'm sure you've looked into other opportunities out there just to see, see what's up. Just talk to people. Hey, you're in sales and, you know, there's a sales job open at company downtown and you're happy where you are, but, you know, hey, what do you guys got? What are you all about? Maybe talk to a friend you know that works there. Hey, what's it like working there? That kind of thing. That's a normal human reaction, right? That's what people do. And so why would this be any different? There's a difference between actively trying to join and inquiring. Texas and Oklahoma were done with the Big 12. They were moving conferences. They were done, and they wanted to join the SEC. This, the ambiguity in the uh, in the report, if you want to call it that, yesterday, um, leaves a lot of wiggle room for interpretation. It's kind of how things like that go sometimes. It would be stupid if Clemson and Florida State did not inquire. But there's a major difference in questions and desire. Major difference between questions and desire, or try actively pursuing. You know what I mean? Major difference. Major difference. JP says, "Good morning." Hey, here we go again. Yeah, I don't think this is. I don't think this is the same. I don't think this is happening. I think it would be a bad decision for Clemson and Florida State to leave. Of course, why wouldn't they reach out? I agree. Why not? Why would you not? Wayne says, "Good morning. Good morning, Wayne. Glad to see you." 138 subscribers on YouTube. All right. We're getting there. My goal, and I'm not going to reach it, my goal was 300 by football season. It's not going to happen. I've got four weeks. It's not going to happen. And 1,000 by the end of football season. That's the goal. Hopefully I can reach it. Zach says, this one seems more like a let's make a rumor to pull the public opinion on this rather than any actual moves being made. I do agree there. I think Clemson and Florida State would have been dumb to not inquire, but I do not believe that, you know, this is not the same. I could be dead wrong. You know, this does not feel the same to me as Texas and Oklahoma. I don't think Clemson and Florida State are poised to leave the ACC. You guys got to keep in mind. 
which is, you know, lawyers are, are lawyers for a reason. Good lawyers are really expensive for a reason because they do a good job. Maybe there's a way that they could wiggle themselves out of the ACC's new television contract. Maybe that's possible, but the ACC just, just signed a television deal that doesn't expire until 2035, I think, into the 2030s, like 15 years from now, right? It's a lot more difficult for Clemson and Florida State to get out of their television deal than Texas and Oklahoma. Texas and Oklahoma might just end up writing a check for $70, $80 million. Sounds like a lot of money, but not necessarily to them, especially considering what they're going to gain after they join the SEC. But when you're talking about a contract that is 15 years old, or or that has 15 years plus remaining on it, I don't think that's plausible, at least right now. Could be down the road, maybe. And who knows, maybe there's a loophole that's different in the ACC's deal versus the Big 12. But if if the ACC has a similar deal to the Big 12, that would mean that the ACC would own Clemson and Florida State's grant of rights until 2035, if I remember correctly. Definitely in the 2030s. There's no buyout of that. That's hundreds of millions of dollars. You're not buying out of that. You're not just jumping over to the SEC. That's that's not really how that can happen if the contract is the same, which I imagine it very much is the same. JP says, a thousand percent agree. You have to publicly deny, but who in the world isn't trying to trade up, elevate, or expand horizons? Those being left behind. If I were Clemson, my easiest path to a national championship is the ACC. Same for Florida State. Albeit, despite the resources, the Knolls aren't making the playoffs anytime soon. Yeah, um, that, that's the funny thing about Texas as well. I mean, Texas is only a brand financial thing. It's not a football program thing. They haven't been good in 20 years. Oklahoma has owned, absolutely owned, flat out owned the Big 12. Not Texas. They haven't been worth a crap. Kansas State has had just as much success in the Big 12 as Texas in recent history. Uh, it's just not the same. But... They shouldn't do it, to your point, JP. They shouldn't do it. Here's what the ACC should do. They should add and hold strong. Because, joking aside, the SEC is the richest conference in college football. It will continue to be the richest, most prestigious conference in college football. It will have the best collection of teams in college football. It will, and understandably so, Clemson and Florida State might want to jump on that train and be a part of it. I would if I were them. I would absolutely want to be a part of it if I were them. I would. But the ACC doesn't, these teams don't need to join the SEC to be rich, to be among the best, financially viable, nationally competitive. Look at the ACC. I mean, again, it's not the same thing as the SEC, but you've got Clemson, who's now a national power, Florida State, who should be, definitely a major brand. Miami, who has that brand power, have won national championships in the past, and I think they're on their way back. You could potentially see a West Virginia edition. You already play Notre Dame multiple times a year. North Carolina is a program on the rise, really attractive right now, nationally ranked. NC State, I know, is good, solid, and stable. Virginia Tech's an attractive football program. Usually, they might have to fire Justin Fuente after this year, but they're nationally competitive. People recognize Virginia Tech. They have a history, a past of success. The ACC has a team lineup that is attractive for television rights buyers, whether it continues to be ESPN in 15 years or somebody else. At that point, Jeff Bezos will own the entire world. Uh, So it might just be Amazon giving these deals out by then. But they have a a roster of football programs, which is the most important thing, that is attractive, that is nationally competitive, that has a history of success, and it is an easier path than that of the SEC to winning championships. So you have the best of both worlds – maybe you won't make as much money as the SEC. That's very likely. But you can still be a national power conference with big brands, be nationally competitive, great environments, 
make a whole bunch of money without having to blow everything up. You don't have to do that if you're the ACC. You don't have to do that if you're the Big Ten. The Big Ten doesn't have to blow up either. You've got Ohio State, which is one of the biggest brands in college football, winning championships, recruiting players, all that. Uh, I mean, I guess Michigan's there. You can throw them in there. Penn State has resources. They have money. They have a massive fan base. Michigan, all joking aside about their competitiveness, also has a massive fan base. Wisconsin, the same thing. Good, solid, stable program, massive fan base. The Big Ten has brand power. They have massive audiences. They don't have to blow everything up either. The problem with the Big 12 and why they need to do something or why Texas and Oklahoma needed to do something was it was just Texas and Oklahoma and a massive cliff before anybody else. Nobody else in the Big 12 had brand power besides Texas and Oklahoma. But the ACC, you've got brand power. You do. Clemson, Florida State, Miami, North Carolina, there's brand power. In the Big 10, there's brand power. Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, Wisconsin, Nebraska, joking aside about their success. I don't think they'll ever be an elite program again, but they have a massive following, good tradition, a lot of people. And Nebraska still is a football brand, relatively speaking anyway. Those leagues don't have to blow it up. They don't. All they have to do is add. If the ACC just adds, they will still be amongst college football's best. Will they be the SEC? No. But they will be competitive. They will be on a similar tier. They won't be left behind if they stay intact. They could add a West Virginia. I think would be a great fit to the ACC if that's the route that West Virginia wants to go. And Notre Dame already has a deal with you where you're playing. Notre Dame's playing six ACC teams a year. And it's possible that they join the league. I think they need to. I think the ACC needs to play hardball here. But what the ACC needs to do is hold strong. What Clemson and Florida State should do is hold strong because they don't need the SEC in the same way that Texas and Oklahoma did. They do have a good league that plays good football with, like I said, brand power, good stadiums, tradition, money, all that stuff. And on top of that, the other money-making sport, it's a good basketball league as well. You don't need to leave the way Texas and Oklahoma did if you are uh, Clemson or Florida State. Sam says until the last decade, Clemson hasn't really been worth a crap either. (laughs) You're not wrong about that. And they, I mean... I think it was the 2010 season. Let me, I'll, I'll tell you, actually. Uh, but Dabo was on the hot seat. Going into his first Orange Bowl, the, the year that they went to the Orange Bowl for the first time under him, uh, it was uh, win or be gone for Dabo. Could you imagine that? We don't have that kind of patience anymore. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, the 2011 season. So Dabo went 4-3 and three as, as he took over for um, Bowden as interim. Then in 2009, they went 9-5. and five. In 2010, they won 6-7. and seven. And going into the 2011 season, he was on the hot seat. They wanted to fire I mean, seriously, they wanted to fire him. If that season did not go well like that, he was gone. And then it was 11-2, and 11-2, 10-3, and 14-1, 14-1, 12-2, 15-0, 14-1, 10-2. I mean, <laughs> uh, I think that Clemson has staying power now, though. I think that success, uh, I mean, over a 10-year period where they haven't won fewer than 10 games since 2011, uh, I think they've got staying power now. The investment in the program is there. The bones are there. Everything Clemson football, I think, will remain now. And they did have a national championship, albeit in 1981, but that's more recently than Georgia's last national championship. So, uh, (laughs) yeah, just so you know. It's been 41 years since Georgia has last won a national championship in football. Georgia Tech has more recently won a national championship than Georgia in uh, in football. Texas, I'm surprised I haven't seen Texas, Oklahoma, Clemson, Florida State has entered the conference transfer portal jokes. Hey, we can make them if you want to make them. <laughs> we can be those people and make those jokes if you want. Um, no, the ACC, Clemson and Florida State don't need to do this. Um, I would be shocked if they didn't inquire. They don't need to do it. They straight up absolutely do not need to do it. They don't. 
They really don't at all. Aaron says, I'm an Aggie, but this is becoming a bad look for the SEC. I don't recall someone giving Greg Sankey the permission to hijack an entire sport. Um, so you got to look at it this way. Greg Sankey's job is not to service college football. Greg Sankey's job is not to service the ACC. It's not to service the Big 12. It's only to make the schools in his conference, the 14 schools, as much money as they possibly can. And there are some people, some true believers, that will think his job is something else. No, his job as the commissioner of the SEC is 1A, or, or job description, 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5, before you get to anything else, make as much money for everybody in the league. So his first nine job descriptions are just, an acronym, make as much money for the 14 members, now 16 members of the SEC as possible. Make your league the best in college sports and however you can do it. That's his only job. That's the only group of people he needs to service. And so when you look at it from that perspective, it's not his fault that the Big 12 was a disaster and couldn't give Oklahoma and Texas what they needed. It's not his fault. It's not That's not his league to service. It's the SEC. That's it. It's the only group, only league that he is supposed to do things for. Um, I don't want the SEC to do it, but I don't know. I don't think this is a bad look at all. I think, in fact, it's the best look. Everybody in college football wants to be with you. Everybody wants to be with you. It's a great look. Uh, I don't want them to go any further than 16. Because at at what point, and we talked about this last week some, but at at what point are you still a conference anymore? If you go like to 18 teams, how do you schedule? Do you just separate the 18 into nine, and then you have eight league games against your division and then one rotating opponent? So you play a team from the other division once every, you host a team from the other division once every 18 years? Are are we really going to do that? No, that's awful. Uh, At that point, you don't even have a league anymore. They need to cap it at 16. I think it needs to stop here, and the other conferences need to figure it the hell out. Because going any further, you would eliminate the best scheduling model you could have also if you expanded it. And um, there is still something nice about the current landscape of college football. You don't have to change everything. So, JB says, agree there, Bork. Expand the ACC pitch, whatever is necessary to Notre Dame. Boom. Huge grab there in West Virginia, an established program. From there, grab two directional schools near the top of the G5 ranks, and you've got 16 to 18. So, adding two more would get them to 18. Or, excuse me, get, me, get them to 16. I'm sorry. It would stop there. Get them to 16. Um. So that's where they should stop as well. Charlie says, so will the SEC be broken into four pods once Texas and Oklahoma join? Uh, so, yeah, we talked about the pods last week, right? And, and everybody's got their own proposal for one. Because, of course, I am, you know, I like mine the best because I think it preserves the most rivalries. Uh, the only one you would lose is Auburn, Georgia, but you would still play that game twice every four years. So, you know, you don't really lose it. But the way I had mine set up is you preserve the most rivalries that you can. All the other ones I've seen have fewer permanent rivalries every year. Uh, So I like that model. Ross Dellinger reported last week, I believe, it was like Thursday or Friday of last week, that the pods idea is gaining momentum within the SEC. Now, there are some people, some power brokers, if you will, that think that they just need to stick to traditional divisions. I hope that mindset changes. Uh, Because people internally have been unhappy with the scheduling model in the SEC for a long time. This is a perfect solution. I have not seen a better solution than the four-team divisions. The four four four-team divisions, I have not seen any... Nobody has come to me or shown me a better idea for scheduling than that one right there. I have not seen it. It has not happened. Nobody has shown me better. So I hope that happens. Uh, according to Ross, uh, who who would know this kind of thing, there's some growing momentum, which is good, some growing momentum. 
uh, in that regard, hopefully, hopefully, uh, they figure it out. So if I was the Big 12, by the way, uh, I would try to stick it out. And here's why. The money is inevitably going to be less. It's It's just the truth. But if you guys remember, we're expanding the playoffs. Now, a lot of people have reported that that expansion is going to be put on hold because the language in the proposal, which, by the way, Greg Sankey wrote, uh, has six conference champions. So not the five group of five champions and one, or excuse me, the five power five champions and then one group of five champion. No, it was just the six highest ranked conference champions. So last year we would have gotten Cincinnati and Coastal Carolina as auto bids into the playoff. The Pac-12 would have been left out. That's the original language. What you're not going to see is that proposal remain the same if the Big 12 blows up because you're not giving an auto bid to the Sunbelt champion, right? It's just not going to work like that. Uh, Coastal Carolina, I know, is in the Sunbelt. But in a usual year, let's say they have three or four losses, you're not just going to give them an auto bid. It's not going to go down like that. So they're going to have to alter the proposal. Or the Big 12 can hold strong. Big 12 can hold strong. It's not attractive. It's not attractive. But those eight teams in the Big 12 could add UCF, who's a lot better than Kansas, anyway. Add UCF. Add Houston. Add BYU. Add Boise State. It's a competitive football league. Good programs. Not the best. Not Texas A&M. Not Texas. Not Oklahoma. Not Clemson. Notre Dame. But... It's a league that would still, I think, be considered Power 5. Even if it's not, it doesn't matter. Um, You keep your status as a league and provide yourself an auto-bid possibility for the playoff. And if you are still making the playoff and you're still putting on conference championships, you know... Maybe you can salvage yourself. Maybe you can save yourself. Because you can pitch to... I mean, UCF would come in a heartbeat. Houston would come in a heartbeat. You've got to deal with BYU stuff. They will not have athletic events on Sundays. you got to deal with that. Uh, Boise State would come. And you can preserve the Big 12. And you don't make the football pro- profile worse than it is without Texas and Oklahoma, right? I mean... UCF, Oklahoma State's interesting. I'm in. I'm watching it. Boise State is interesting. I'm in. It's not the same. But you can still be a league that sends teams to the playoff. When you send teams to the playoff, you make money. When you make money, you win, right? At least financially. If I were every team in the the Big 12, I would be inquiring. If I were West Virginia, I'm on the phone with the ACC every single day, every day, trying to join a league. I am. But if I'm Bob Bowlesby, the commissioner of the Big 12, I call UCF. I'm already on the phone with them. Come join our league. You play good football. You play good baseball. You had Taco Fall on your basketball team, right? Do you want to make the jump? I call Boise State. You want to make the jump? We'll take you. You're better than Kansas. You're better than Kansas. We'll take you. Maybe they, that's the, the way that they can salvage themselves, I think. I think they can salvage themselves by sticking together and adding those teams. Yes, would they be lesser? Yeah, they, they would. They would be the worst Power Five conference, probably. But they could save themselves. They could. It's possible. <laughs> Zach says, 16-week season, play everybody and get a bye. Easy. I, I do laugh at the, the people that say that we can't expand the playoff because uh, it's too many games. The FCS with 20 
three fewer scholarships plays a season longer than the FBS. I mean, so what are we doing here? JP says, Mike Leach laid it out last week for a field of 64. Just give your local parks and rec department a shout for the bracket inquiries. He made a good point. We've gone from never playoff to 12 in a short time. I think 64 would be way too much, but I get his point for sure. Um, Heck, bring in San Diego State, Zach says. JP also says San Diego State can add salt in a lot of sports. They're uh, also building a new stadium for them or, or renovating the crap out of, what is it, Qualcomm? I don't know what it is now. Um, but, yeah, they're building uh, – they're either renovating or building a new football stadium for them and, like, redoing the entire area around it for, like, student dorms and stuff. Let me see if I can find it here. San Diego State new football stadium. Let's see. Let's see what the renderings are. Yeah, here you go. So let me share this for you. Yeah, and so all the buildings around it are going to be um, dorms and stuff like that. Like a true on-campus football stadium. See, that, that's all stuff that they're going to be adding, apparently. This looks good, though, right? I mean, that's not a bad look right there. They should do the awnings like uh, like soccer does. You know, although the weather in San Diego is perfect. But this doesn't look bad. Like that. Uh, There are worse stadiums in the Power Five than this one, no doubt. So, yeah. See, look at this thing. I mean, that's they're they're basically expanding their campus, or that's the plan to uh, to add that that stadium there. So, hey, looks good to me. Chippy says, uh, handicap two things for us now, Bork. Big 12 folding, reshuffling, expanding OU in Texas on the SEC slate in 2022. Um, I think next year Texas and Oklahoma are on the football schedule, I think. Um, that's ambitious. Definitely by 2023. Definitely. Uh, so, like, five to one? I, I'm, I think it might happen. So, like, five to one on... Uh, Playing on next year's schedule and like two to one on the Big 12 folding. I don't know if they're going to survive this, especially if the ACC gets smart and what and has West Virginia join their league. Uh, if I'm the ACC, I, I've done that's done already. It's done. They, they make sense, they fit geographically, and they play good football. That's all you need. They fit geographically. They play good football. It's not a huge national brand, but it is a brand that people recognize. They have a history of success. They put players in the NFL. They're a hell of a lot more attractive than Missouri was to the SEC, at least to me. So I do that yesterday. Uh, And if that happens, you can go ahead and call it for the Big 12. It's over. William, you're exactly right. Southern Miss would jump to the Big 12 if asked? Absolutely. My gosh, yes, they would. And, and if I'm Jeremy McLean, I am on the phone with Bob Bowlesby today. Tell us what you need us to do. We are in. We're in. We're in. <laughs> Call us. We're in, Bob. Uh, we're in. Do whatever you have to do. Texas, I meant South Dakota when I said that, but it's whatever. Oh, not San Diego State. You meant South Dakota State. Uh, well, I think you should have been saying North Dakota State. Uh, they're trying to jump to Division One, by the way. More reshuffling. They're uh, they're trying to find their way into this, and I think that might not be the best idea. It's worked out fine for Appalachian State, so I guess maybe it'll work out fine for them as well. But they have such a great niche, you know. Keep it that way. Saturn says, I think Oklahoma and Texas hold out and let the Big 12 fizzle out. At that point, there's no Big 12 contracts, right? All right, they won't wait. They won't. There's too much money to be had once they join the SEC. They they won't wait. There's no way they're spending four more years in the uh, in the Big 12. There's no way. Speaking. 
Speaking of somebody else in the SEC, we got big injury news yesterday. LSU was poised to have a big-time quarterback competition, and that seemingly has uh, has been decided. So, Miles Brennan, and shout-out to LSU, by the way. You guys know I love to rip on LSU because they deserve it, but shout-out to LSU for uh, not sugarcoating it, not beating around the bush, uh, just straight up saying Miles Brennan got injured and he's having surgery and we don't know when he's coming back. But, like LSU was the one that just released that. I mean, I, I kind of respect that. That's how NFL teams handle it. There's a lot of ambiguity when it comes to college sports and, and reporting and all that. Just be honest. Somebody's going to find it eventually. So just you be the team that announces it. So uh, sounds like it was a freak injury. Uh, Miles Brennan broke a bone in his left arm. Not his throwing arm, his left arm. And they have not given a timeline for his return. But... As you can imagine, getting surgery on a broken bone will very likely lead to him not being able to start the season. And so that quarterback competition has very much been decided. Max Johnson, who I was impressed with last year anyway, most people were, um, is going to be the starting quarterback at LSU. And he was really good at the end of last season. Uh, let's see. I'll give you his uh, his official stats. So, um you know, he had, <laughs> I say really good. He showed flashes. Uh, threw for 435 yards against Ole Miss because Ole Miss's defense was awful last year. Uh, and their win over Florida, he completed 58% of his passes for 240 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Um, you know, he was a freshman that was thrown into a situation that he wasn't ready for, but he showed flashes of, uh, of being good, of being really good and, and having ability uh, last year. So that's going to be the starting quarterback at LSU is Max Johnson. And at least when the season begins, they have two, two available quarterbacks, period, when they start the season. So uh, a pretty precarious situation for the Tigers. Uh, I had a uh, I had a take yesterday. I was just thinking out loud. I, I know how stupid this sounds. Okay, I'm aware of it. I know how stupid this sounds. But Miles Brennan in his first three games last year before he got injured looked good. I I, I had people tell me that he sucks yesterday. Um, is that what he did in the three starts that he had last year against SEC teams? Did he suck? Uh, no, did not suck. He threw for over 300 yards in two games and over 400 yards in the other game. He threw for 345, 333, and 430 in three starts last year. Okay? So the people that are saying that he's – somebody called him a trash can. Trash cans don't do that regardless of their competition, but especially against Mississippi State, who ended up having a really salty defense. Missouri, which the LSU game was like the only game – that Missouri played COVID healthy last year, and and then Vanderbilt. But I mean, those are three games where he threw for a bunch of yards on an inept football team and an inept offensive scheme. I just kind of threw out there that Ole Miss should, uh, after Corral leaves for the NFL after this year, look into bringing Miles Brennan in for his final year of eligibility and use him as a bridge to. Luke Altmeyer or Arch Manning. Just threw that out there. I mean, if you think that that Lane Kiffin can't take what you saw from Miles Brennan last year and make him a really good SEC quarterback, if you think that, then we disagree. Uh but it, like I had people say, well, why are you hating on Altmaier? I'm not. He's just never played in the SEC before. I mean, how do you know he's going to be good? Other than uh, what we do too much is we put too much on quarterbacks that have never played a snap before. That's what we do. Uh, I, I had a Mississippi State fan tell me recently that Sawyer Robertson is going to step in and steal the job and Mississippi State's going to be really good on offense. Like that's the way he was talking is, yeah, man, this this freshman, he's going to come in and he's you know, he's going to take the job from Jack Abraham, who started a 
bunch of games and threw for a bunch of yards already at the FBS level, or he's going to just beat out Will Rogers, who started in an SEC-only schedule last year and looked good at times as a freshman. This kid's just going to come in and take their job and be a world beater right away. And it's like, hold on now. Um, go look at some of the quarterback recruits. The, the top, Just go look at the top 15 quarterback recruits over the last few years and tell me how many of them are great right now. It's not an exact science. Just because... the the kid was a great prospect doesn't mean he's ready to start in the SEC right now. We have, albeit small, but we have a sample size. See, I'm talking myself into this. I know I'm a little crazy, all right? I, I get that. I get him a little crazy. Um, but it's a small sample size, but it's one that shows you that Miles Brennan can throw for 350 yards or over 400 yards against SEC competition. You know that that can happen because you've seen it happen already. It's been done. And now you take him out of that ineptitude and put him into Lane Kiffin's offense? And you're telling me that that can't work? Okay, okay, I hear you. I'm talking myself into this. I know it's a little goofy. But having a bridge quarterback between Matt Corral and either Altmeyer, where you get him another year to figure stuff out, or bridge him to Arch Manning is not the dumbest thing out there. There will be better quarterbacks available. Ohio State right now has three blue chip guys on their roster. And then, oh, by the way, uh, apparently the uh, the best quarterback prospect in the history of recruiting is enrolling early, a full year early on uh, at Ohio State. Two of those guys at least are going somewhere else. One of them has ties to Ole Miss. So that would be a better option. But... I don't know. I just, when people are like, oh, you're just dismissing Altmaier. He's going to be great. Like, he's just going to step in and you don't know that. You don't. He hadn't played a game yet. He hadn't played a game yet. You don't know. Uh, I would kick the tires on someone that you have seen in SEC games perform. You would kick the tires on that. You should, anyway. I promise you, though, I promise you this. Uh, Lane Kiffin will be looking hard at quarterbacks in the transfer portal after Matt Corral leaves. You want to bet? I bet you $1,000 that they will look hard at quarterbacks in the portal after this year because there are multiple schools, Ohio State being one of them, that will have blue-chip quarterbacks that will not start and be looking around. I promise you who looks. Promise. He will. The South, uh, JP says, USM would fly to the Big 12. I wouldn't look back. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. Zach says, while we're doing realignment, let's just combine the Dakotas. <laughs> uh, the Southland lost teams to the WAC. The WAC may be trying to play D1 football again soon. Possible landing spot for North Dakota State. Garrett says, hey, Michael, keep up the good work on the pod. Thank you. I appreciate that. Not to backtrack, but oh, you're talking about the Jevin Sneed thing. Uh, yeah, see, I, the thing is, I wasn't here. I didn't live here during that time. So it's it's definitely clouded my thought on that. Uh, for those of you that don't recognize the reference, I, uh, I, I thought, I think, that Matt Corral has more preseason hype and attention than any Ole Miss quarterback since Eli. And the reason I said it was not Jevin Sneed was, well, that team was ranked, right? Number six going into the season Tim Tebow was in the SEC at the time. So regionally, nationally, everybody in the SEC was focusing on Tim Tebow. He had already won his Heisman coming off of an SEC Player of the Year season. Everybody was focused on Tebow. And so I think right now, since Matt Corral is the best quarterback in the SEC right now, that there's more focus and attention on him. First team all SEC. He's on every watch list. He's got Heisman odds, all that. Jevin Sneed's team had higher expectations. But because of Tebow, at least from my vantage point in South Carolina, where I was living at the time, I heard more about Tebow than I did Jevin Sneed. I, I mean, nobody really talked about Jevin Sneed where I was. It was all about Tebow. In the SEC right now, it's Matt Corral. I mean, he's, he's the best right now. So that's where that came from. Aside from Jevin Garrett continues being at the helm of a preseason uh, number 5 to 10 team, 
he was looked at as the top quarterback by Kuiper and or one or one a with Sam Bradford. And that does, that's something that I just didn't remember. I completely had a brain fart about that. I did not remember going into that season, him having that kind of draft type. So Garrett says, poor LSU. Yeah. Poor Miles Brennan. I feel bad for the kid. Terrible for the kid. It stinks. Uh, But he'll find a home if he decides to leave. He may stick around, but somebody will want a quarterback that has performed at the SEC level. I mean, I had somebody tell me yesterday that he's not good enough and he needs to play, you know, in the Conference USA. It's like, man, you're blinded by LSU, I guess, or something, because a Power 5 team will sign him. Watch. They will. He will find a home if he wants one. Uh, I don't feel bad for LSU, though, (laughs) at all. Texas, I agree. Brennan does suck, but that's because he played for St. Stanislaus. The Rocket Shaws, JB says, they play seven on seven, not tackle football. A little crazy ain't a bad thing. No, it's not. It's a little, I, I get, I, I understand how silly that sounds, but I will not at all be surprised. If it's not Brennan, it's somebody that they will use as a bridge. That will not surprise me at all. Not, not even a little. Charlie respectfully disagrees on that take, but Lane is not afraid to use free agency, so it won't surprise me. Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised at all. Garrett says, good luck to him. Best of luck to him at Ohio State. Kate at Westlake outclassed the number one kid from Southlake in the Texas State Championship game. The kid's hair bothers me. I don't know. Um William says, who are the pictures of on your wall behind you? Oh, sure, I'll tell you. Uh, that, so so this one is uh, the first major college football game I ever went to. So that's the game program and uh, the two tickets from Ohio State, Michigan State. My dad and I went to, and that's um, 2003. That's two tickets from an Ohio State-Michigan game that I went to. That is Nick Mangold. It's a, that's a signed picture. Uh, he played center at Ohio State, played for the Jets for, for a long time. I, I think he had another stop in the NFL as well. Uh, that is a drawn, hand-drawn picture of Ohio Stadium. My dad's a huge Ohio State fan. He played uh, college baseball at a, a small college in Ohio. This is how that state works. It, he went to a small college in Ohio, played college baseball. They had a football team. And yet, the the college he went to would pay for buses to take their students to Columbus for Ohio State game. Crazy. Um, And that is a a Furman game program signed by um, Lewis Ivory, who uh, won the Walter Payton Award in uh, in 2001. And that's a program from a playoff game uh, that Furman beat Western Kentucky in. And I was there for that. And and these two are more frame tickets from games uh, that I've been to. So my my cooler stuff is actually up above you guys up here. I've got uh, an Adam Vinatieri signed Super Bowl ball. I've got uh, two Masters flags that are signed. I've got uh, Shaquille O'Neal's signature up here. Uh, Mario Andretti up here. Uh, Lee Corso on a here. I can actually show you this. Um, yeah, this is uh, Kirk and Corso. They spoke at a uh, thing that my cousin went to, and he got them to sign this for me. So, um, Champ Bailey, I've got to sign football up here. So that kind of anyway. So, so my cool stuff is actually this way, not uh, not this way. So, John says, appreciate the stream and SEC talk. I'm in Houston. It's Watson trade talk over here for the last six months. I want to shoot myself. Yeah, man. Ugh, that's um, not fun to be a Texans fan right now. I imagine. Um, more cowbell. Yeah, Zach, I've got a cowbell up here uh, that Haydad gave me. I've got hockey pucks, uh, all kinds of stuff, man. Um, yeah, I, I wish the I wish I would do the stream this way, you know, and set up a, a camera here so you can look back like towards my desk, which is really cool and made up. But uh, to keep a camera here, uh, I would have to constantly move it because my son. Um, Anyway, so that's why I do it this way. 
Charlie says, Furman is always a great underdog, underdog team to bet on, always cover. It's a, it's a great program. I mean, I, I grew up on that stuff. I love Furman. Uh, my dad and I, we'd spend five bucks and, and get tickets, you know, like 10 rows up and watch really good football on Saturdays. That's what we did. It was awesome. Uh, Brown Yeti says, so you are saying that Ohio collegiate football is just an Ohio State cult. All college must support Ohio State, including Ohio U. Yeah, it's it's insane. Everywhere you go in that state, you feel like you are in the town. Seriously. I mean, I, I my mom's family was from Sandusky, where uh, Cedar Point is. And it's hours from Columbus, but that's all you see everywhere. Just Ohio State everywhere, everywhere. It's it's insane. That state, if you think Alabama's football crazy, think Alabama and remove Auburn. What that state would be like, that's Ohio. It, it's insane there. It's crazy. Um, Will says uh, he just framed the Starkville Daily from the Mississippi State National Championship. Awesome. Uh, awesome. And five SI Max. I've got a bunch down down there uh, that, I, that I've been meaning to frame. Uh, like the, the first cover that Landon Donovan and uh, Clint Dempsey appeared on. Uh, I've got an old Chris Paul one with the, the New Orleans Hornets. And even though I wasn't a fan of the team at the time, I am now. So stuff like that I've got that I want to frame. Favorite memorabilia is a cowbell signed by Dak. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, and that thing will be extremely valuable one day. I hope you never sell it. Because um, that's, yeah, that'll be extremely valuable one day. So, anyway. I have run long this morning, but I appreciate you guys. I, I think it's going to end up going like this as uh, as football season goes on. Um, Penguins are playing the Preds in Nashville on March 15th. Are we going to that game? You should. You should. I've never been to a Preds game myself. I've been trying to adopt the team, but um, it's tough when Valley Sports is the disaster that it is, you know? Um, anyway, so th- this is probably how long it's going to start going, just because uh, uh, football's here, so there's a lot more to talk about. But anyway, thank you guys for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. My goal is to get to 300 by football season. I'm not going to reach it, but I can certainly try. So subscribe to the YouTube channel, and uh, I'll talk to you guys again tomorrow morning at 8. But I uh, I got to go. Uh, thank you guys again for uh, for tuning in, and I'll uh, see you on the radio this afternoon, and then tomorrow here at 8. Y'all have a good one. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.